Hello, you are listening to Audio Fanfic Podcast. Isometry by Syntax 6 on Omniscribe. Rating Explicit. Chapter 1. 2.56 a.m. Saturday night. Well, Sunday morning, really. Found Dana Scully shifting in the passenger seat of the Taurus to try to keep her rear end from going numb. Somehow, errant sunflower seed shells had lodged in her underwear, and with Mulder sitting next to her, there was no discreet way to remedy the problem. She kept one eye on the dilapidated warehouse down the street from them, and one eye on the luminous green numbers that told her when she could swallow her next pill. She had little hope of being discreet with that either. Scully, Mulder said, as he flicked another shell at the already brimming cup holder. Do you remember that time at Holveman's Lake? I remember. I remember the time in Holveman's Lake. Mulder chuckled. We got dunked good, didn't we? I can still remember the look on the sheriff's face when... Scully leaned her head back against the seat and let herself drift to the sound of his voice. A few months ago, she would have worried that Mulder's sudden mention meant another trip to Georgia in a vain hope of sighting Big Blue, but not anymore. Remember when was Mulder's new favorite game. He played it in the office and sometimes on the phone at night, but he always saved the really good rounds for evenings like this, when they sat hidden in dark alleys. An ad for Barnum and Bailey's on the radio. Hey, Scully, remember when that guy came out of the ground at the circus freak funeral? A spider tipped across the windshield. Scully, do you remember the bugs in the National Forest? And then, with a sly sideways glance. And the cockroaches in Massachusetts? You remember them, don't you, Scully? The ones I investigated with, uh, Dr. Berenbaum. I told you not to come up there, but you did anyway. Yes. Yes, she would tell him. Yes. I remember. The purpose of these jaunts down memory lane eluded her. He kept them light and expansive, as if they were around a campfire telling adventure tales. There was no push to make her shove back, no arguments to crackle the air. He wasn't out to make her believe in monsters, aliens, or things that went bump in the night. Maybe, she fancied, this was how he kept his memory so fit, with regular exercise. Except, he had never done this before. Maybe it was a test to ensure that the cancer had not yet addled her brain. If so, she gave him points for subtlety. Sudden pain crystallized behind her eyelids, sharps that made her white-knuckle the armrest with one hand as she groped in her jacket pocket with the other. Her shaking fingers around it, relief in the form of a smooth plastic bottle. She rattled the lid, still deep in her pocket, but Mulder heard the rattle. Okay, he asked. Yeah, fine. She didn't risk moving her eyes to look at him. Slow exhales, and the nausea would fade. Mulder set her water bottle in her hand as she withdrew the pills from her jacket. Thanks, she managed, and then swallowed three in a row. Better, he asked immediately, as if the pills just magically exploded into her bloodstream. Better, yeah, she backed it up with a direct look. He blinked first, settling back into his seat. It's after three. I don't think this guy's going to show. What a surprise. Anonymous tips are usually so reliable. It came out sharper than she intended, 
fueled by the lightning hot pain in her head. She forced herself to relax her clenched jaw. Let's give it another 15 minutes. She felt more than saw his nod. A second later, the seed crunching renewed. She rested her head against the window pane, which was cold from the night air and fog from all of Mulder's remembering. With one finger, she traced a line through the condensation until it amassed into a single tear that trickled down into the door. Geez, what a mess, she heard him mutter. The air stirred as he brushed off his coat. Scully, you remember when I tried to change that toner cartridge into the copier myself? Last time I messed with one of those fuckers? No, she murmured, only half listening. Come on, you must remember. It was right after you came. I got ink all over myself and the copier, and you helped me clean it up. You said I reminded you of one of those old kids' jokes. What's black and white and red all over? The toner was red? No, my face was. But the levity was gone from his tone. He sounded impatient, almost angry. Come on, you really don't remember? Mulder, I told you, I don't remember. She set up. Pardon me if I don't recall every mess you've made over the years. He persisted. It was raining that day, I think. Think was going to run if I got wet. If you say so. The pounding in her head had not receded. She massaged her temples with one hand. I was wearing that red tie with the yellow circles. Jesus, enough already. Molder. He stopped. I believe it happened, okay? You don't have to give me a full report. I believe you. But you should remember, Scully. You were the only one there. She drew a sharp breath like a pinch in her lungs. So that was it. All this aimless recollections weren't so haphazard after all, she realized with abrupt illumination. They were stories just the two of them shared, each to bear witness for the other. If an FBI agent sticks his finger in unknown goo and his partner isn't there to see it. She sighed. I'm sorry, she said, laying hand on the rough warmth of his wool coat. I'm sure it was very dramatic. It's okay, he shrugged. It was stupid. Probably better that you don't remember. I remember you covered head to toe in bile. Does that count? He scrunched his face, as if smelling the incident all over again. I wish neither one of us had remembered that, he said. And she smiled. She gave his arm a squeeze before pulling her hand away. It's 3.15, she said. Yeah. There was nothing in the warehouse anyway. If the Crawfords were ever working an operation out of here, they'd been long gone. Don't say it, she willed him silently. Please, please don't say it. Sorry, Scully. Her shoulders slumped a bit, heavy under his words. She wished herself to a time when he never dared say them aloud. It's not the first time we've chased a dead lead, she answered. He started the car. We saw that sighting in Oklahoma the boys told us about. That could be something. Could be, except it never was. Mulder drove them back through the empty streets, and she watched as the roar of the defroster stole their breath from the windows. One of the most bizarre side effects of her cancer was that it had turned Monday into her favorite day of the week. Fridays were now treatment days, at least twice a month. But weekends gave her time to regroup. Monday seemed happy to see her, too, all crisp, cold air and bright sunshine. 
Scully commemorated the occasion with the stop at the bakery on her way into work. For herself, she ordered coffee and a raspberry croissant. And as an afterthought, she picked up a lopsided blueberry muffin for Mulder. With the paper cup of coffee burning in her hand, she made her way down the basement stairs. The office door was open, and she could hear Mulder inside talking to someone. Someone live, she realized, not on the phone. Outside of Skinner and the janitorial staff, they didn't get many visitors. The X-Files didn't exactly make it onto the bureau tour route. Scully slowed her steps in the hall to see if she could identify the foreign voice, but she couldn't place it. It was a female, well-spoken, with a hint of a southern accent. Scully caught something about the Yeti. Mulder laughed. Hello, Scully said as she entered. The woman was sitting in the chair by Mulder's desk, two cups of coffee set between them, and Scully could make out the remnants of what seemed to be powdered donuts. Mulder still had a white smudge on the corner of his mouth. Hey, he greeted, swinging his feet down from the desk. Miranda Westfall, this is my partner, Dana Scully. Scully, meet Miranda Westfall. She's a professor at John Hopkins. The only Miranda that Scully knew was the one in the police warning, so that was the association she made. Hello, she repeated. Professor Westfall stood up, revealing her full height. She nearly equaled Mulder, and her black turtleneck, boots, and long denim skirt, she was a commanding figure. Scully adjusted her cup and bag so she could shake hands, and moving closer, she noticed that Westfall, despite her darkening color, seemed to wear the same exact shade of lipstick she did. Not a wise choice. Agent Scully, Professor Westfall said warmly. Of course, it's nice to meet you. Her familiarity suggested to Scully that she ought to recognize the woman, or at least place her name. Maybe I am losing it, she thought. Westfall, you say you're a professor? I say it as often as I can, she answered with a smile. I'm still trying to convince myself. Scully recalled those days well, when she'd look in the mirror and try to match the phrase FBI agent with the woman who still looks 16 years old. New job? She asked as she pulled over a third chair. Just started last year. You know how it can take forever to get that PhD. Indeed, said Scully, though she had gotten hers in just three. Professor Westfall teaches a class on science, myth, and mysticism, Mulder said. That explained the Yeti, Scully thought. Aloud, she said. And which one did you get your PhD in? Professor Westfall laughed. My PhD is actually in philosophy of science but I was a chemistry major as an undergrad. Mulder shot Scully a gleeful look. Bet wrong, didn't you? She ignored him. What brings you here to the FBI, she asked. Shameful pandering. Scully lowered her coffee cup and raised her eyebrows. There's still donuts here if you want one, Mulder said. He'd managed to wipe off his face. Thanks, I'm fine. I figured a food bribe would help, Professor Westfall said. And that's why I drove down here instead of calling again. I was hoping that I could get one or both of you to come talk to my class. Your work is exactly the kind of thing we're discussing. And it would be great for them to see how we're still grappling with the tension between science and the unexplained. You're familiar with the X-Files then, Scully said. Somewhat. I read my posts thoroughly. The two of you show up on the back pages quite often. And then there's the internet. Scully winced. Of course. I wish I could tell you there's a big honorarium in it for you, but the best I can offer 
is a dinner in a nice restaurant. It wouldn't have to be a formal prepared lecture, though. I just thought the students would enjoy hearing about your work. Scully tried to imagine how she would have reacted to her and Mulder as an undergraduate. Scoffing disbelief probably didn't begin to cover it. But then, as an undergraduate, there was no way she would have been caught dead enrolled in a class entitled Science, Myth, and Mysticism. Too bad, she thought. Would have been the most useful thing I could have taken. Mulder cleared his throat and leaned forward across the desk. I was just explaining to Professor Westfall that we can't take the time right now. Why not? This was her job, was it not? To take the other side. Mulder looked confused. Scully, the work. We had that lead. His voice softened. We have to follow through. We can't afford to take the time away. Oh, he almost had her. That he truly believed the next tip, the next whisper on the phone, the next man in the shadows, would answer all the secrets and somehow make her well again, always melted her resolve. The strength of Mulder's beliefs was a force to be reckoned with indeed. It's one afternoon. She looked at Professor Westfall, right? Right. Preferably Friday the 26th. But I'm flexible. Perfect, Scully thought. I have an appointment then, she said. But Mulder, you should go. No. He gave a vehement shake of his head and folded his arms across his chest. You're much better at this sort of thing anyway, she glanced at Professor Westfall. He's really the one you want. We can postpone, the woman said. Perhaps another Friday. Scully shook her head. No, really. It's fine. I don't want to go without you, Mulder protested. Scully regarded him. And that's the problem, she thought, with a pang. You just might have to. Go, she said. Tell them about the man-eating flukeworm. Mulder hesitated a minute, then smiled. That is always a crowd-pleaser. It's settled then, Professor Westfall said with a pleased smile. The class starts at 2.30 and runs until 5 after 5. But you don't have to talk the full time if you don't want. We have enough material to last through a dozen lectures, Mulder said, clearly warming to the idea. Hey, Scully, you remember that time we got caught in a frog rainstorm? Toads, she corrected. But Mulder wasn't listening. He turned his body towards Professor Westfall. It was the most amazing thing. One minute, it's just rain, and the next, these animals are pelting us from the sky. Really? I can't wait to hear all about it, but I'm afraid I've got to run if I'm going to make my lecture for today. I still haven't prepared the overheads. She stood and gathered her coat. Thanks so much for doing this. I'm sure you'll be a big hit with the students. Let me walk you out, Mulder said, coming from around his desk. You can give me directions on how to find you. Would you? I got lost twice on the way down here. Back in a sec, Scully. She raised her hand to show she had heard. Professor Westfall gave her a backwards glance on the way out. Nice meeting you, Agent Scully. I do hope you'll come talk to the class some other time. I'll think about it. Thanks. As they left, Scully could hear Mulder continue the toad story. She finished her coffee, but her croissant sat untouched in the bag. Swiveling her chair around, she studied the office filled with wild pictures and incredible souvenirs from cases past. Mulder would give a good talk. In the corner sat the copier. I was wearing the red tie with yellow circles. Yes. Mulder brushing more ink onto himself, even as he tried to wipe it off. Her laughing. It was the first time she'd seen him with his shirt off. Of course. 
Yes, she told the empty room. I remember. If you like this story and would like to contribute, you can do so by going to our Patreon page at www.patreon.com forward slash audio fanfic pod. As a patron, you are granted early access to one new story of your choosing per month. Thank you for listening. And remember, the stories are out there.